Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. When I was an adult and I started to like come out of it in different ways, I realized like I can't remember a time where I didn't dislike my body. No one is safe from feeling those feelings, no matter what industry or or who they are, or where they are in life. It's really difficult to tune out the feeling that if I looked a certain way or if I do this workout or if I eat this thing, it's going to make me not only look better, but feel better. And then also make me more successful. Make me better. Like it, you just tie all of these yeah. things into your and image. Yeah. And it's like, it's really not how it goes. Hey, senorita. Really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's Ali Giampolo and Colette Dong, founders of The Nest. It's an international fitness method focusing on trampoline cardio and muscle sculpting. They have a studio in New York City, also an online platform so anyone can try it. They both grew up as professional dancers and founded this brand. I want to know all about how they built their community. I really want to get into growing up as a ballet dancer if they ever dealt with any kind of body image noise, disordered eating, advice for dance moms like me, and how to help my daughter have that positive body image that I didn't have growing up. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. You'll get an alert every time a new Squats and Margaritas drops. And if you could please do me a favor and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that's the one that matters. That's how people find my show. It would really, really help me out. Here is my episode with Ali Giampolo and Colette Dong of The Ness. So you both grew up as classically trained dancers. I'm a dance mom as of yes three months ago. <laughs> I'm excited. Like choreography is my life. I like when I run, I'm choreographing routines to any song that comes on. So like the thought of being able to go to my daughter's recitals, like I'm all into it. But I also hear the conversations of the moms and I don't know if I'm mentally there for it yet. I struggled for two decades with body image, multiple eating disorders, and I wasn't a dancer. Um, I can't imagine how prevalent that would be in the dance world. And I kind of wanted to start there. Did either of you struggle with disordered eating, um, negative body image during that time? Mm -hmm. Negative body image for sure. Um, a lot because you're spending eight plus hours in front of a mirror mm -hmm. in dance. So there's that factor, which I think is the additional um, heaviness that comes along with dance too, yeah. as opposed to, you know, someone, well, now it's like social media, you see all these other body types and you compare, but when that wasn't really a thing, you know, and right. In high school, us. Yeah. Um, but you would see magazines and TV and that was your comparison. So I think the average person like is, has all of that on, coming on top of them. And then the dancer has all of that plus staring at the mirror, whereas like the average person maybe looks, you know, like in the morning at night where you, know, you don't spend too much time. And so, so true. Yeah. That. And then there's also like the looking at your facility too, of, I can't straighten my leg all the way and my foot's not as pointy. So it's, Additionally, not, you know, I think generally people are kind of looking at their arms, their abs, their butt, you know, like those kind yeah. of like hotter areas, but dancers have that. And then they're like, my foot is ugly, you know, like it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Could I hate anything? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is really sad, especially yeah. at like such a young age. I, I don't even know if I can remember the first time it happened, but I think like, 
when I was an adult and I started to like come out of it in different ways, I realized like, I can't remember a time where I didn't dislike my body, which is sad. And I think a lot of young women especially feel that, but young people in general, I think no one is, no one is safe from feeling those feelings, no matter what industry or, or who they are, where they are in life. It's really difficult to tune out the feeling that if I looked a certain way, or if I do this workout, or if I eat this thing, it's going to make me not only look better, but feel better. And then also make me more successful make me better. Like you just tie all of these things into your image. And it's like, it's really not how it goes. And it takes a lot to get there to figure that out, but it's not how it works. Right. And I'm so dead set on not letting this get to my daughter, raising a daughter now after struggling, like I did, like, I just watch everything that I say in front of her. I'm almost like leery of putting her in ballet because I don't want her to be like critiqued and her body, like did teachers, like instructors ever tell you to lose weight or like tone that up? Like, was there, yes. Yeah. I had, um, I had a couple of very tough years as a dancer, like really in like those formative years where that stuff just latches right on and stays with you forever. And I was told that I was too heavy to ever dance professionally and that I, my feet weren't good enough. Like that same thing, just all of these different things, like every single thing that I thought was like, something that made me a better dancer or made me a better performer is like, Oh, actually you need to change all of this. Otherwise you're not going to succeed and you're not going to get roles and you're not going to get hired later on in life. And so then you're like thinking at it, not only as like, Oh, I need to, I need to look a certain way. It's like, this is what I need to do to have the career that I want to have or like take this passion and let it be my life. Yes. And Um, it's so true. What you said about like comparison, Yes, we had the magazines at the checkout counter, but we didn't have social media. And my daughter will never know, like, know what it is to not have social media. And yeah. that comparison, and I feel like I tell this story on every show, but it's coming up again. I was on a plane and I was sitting behind a reality, I mean, semi-famous reality star. And I could see like through the seat. So she's thinking, <laughs> she's sitting by herself, nobody can see what's happening. And at this point, I don't, I still, I don't know if it was Facetune at this time when I saw it, I didn't know what she was using, but she had a picture of herself in a bikini. And I'm telling you, this girl was thin, like not like super thin. So she's blowing up like parts of her leg, parts of her arm, like pushing so she could see it better and just shaving off a little bit of her arm, a little bit of her leg. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, she's going to post it. And I'm just watching. (laughs) I'm looking at this and now, so I see her name. I follow her. She posts a picture. She gets hundreds of thousands of likes and there's two problems here. And obviously the first one is there's a 14 year old girl that's looking at this picture, like if I just starve myself a little bit more, or if I just work out a little bit harder, I'm I can get to this. This mm-hmm. is not real. That is a made up thing that you're trying to compare to. And the other side of it is this girl, this thin reality star wasn't confident enough posting a picture of her own body. Like she had to make it smaller yeah. and she didn't even see it. It's like twofold. Like these yeah. guys are trying to compare and you weren't even confident enough to post a picture of your own body. And it just, everything about it is disgusting. Like I am so uncomfortable and it's, it happens everywhere. And you've got these girls trying to compare to something that's not even reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
one of the beautiful things that's like slowly happening now is that people are starting to be more vocal about like these things that are out there in magazines, on social, on TV, like those are unattainable goals and unattainable. Like you cannot achieve that body image unless you're do, like face tuning yourself or you're getting body modification surgery, or there's all of these different things that you don't really realize, or at least I didn't know that when I was younger, I just assumed that I was like, for lack of a better, I just like really hated myself and thought I was fat and I was never going to be that way. And it's like, yeah, you're never going to be that way. Cause it's not real. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah. but I, you know, I feel like I didn't know that. And people like in our generation weren't talking about it then. And like, now it's coming up even more. So it's like, like a blessing, but there is still a lot of darkness coming from just pushing that out there, whether it's fake or not, it's hard to look past. Yeah. And that's what you're saying too, about like, I didn't know anybody else. Like it wasn't talked about back then. Like you didn't talk about like the unairbrush. No, but when I was in my worst of it, I was anorexic and bulimic. My bulimia was the worst time of my life. I couldn't get a hold of it. I didn't know anyone else that was bulimic. Like I'm like thinking like I'm the only person like carrying this because you didn't talk about it. And I feel like just now people have been coming up and being like me too. And it could make somebody else feel you know, like not alone and that you can get through it and come out on the other side. But growing up, like nobody talked about that. You just had this like perfect image and you wouldn't want to share something that was so shameful, but now it's starting to change. I feel like. Mm -hmm, Totally. Um, what advice do you have for a dance mom to make sure that my girl has like a positive, if she gets obsessed with this, like a positive body image and doesn't make it all look like critiquing her body. Like I don't want to put anything on her that she's feeling like she's less than or not. And she's super, like super tall. Like mm-hmm. it's almost, it, she, it's her and the teacher and then all the other six-year-olds. Yeah. So she <laughs> has noise about that. And yeah, I don't yeah, want her to be feeling like she's not part, tiny yeah. and petite because she wants yeah. to do ballet. But yeah. there's obvious, I, like who knows, like if we'll even stick with it. But how do I make sure that she just has, knows her worth and has like a positive body image coming up in a dance world? I think you're on the right track and just making sure that you are the role model mm-hmm. also. And, and, you know, the people pick up on that. I think moms and they're like, Oh, I can't have that. in fat today. Or like, mommy can't have your treat, but you can have your treat. You know, like yes. I've heard that kind mm-hmm. of with right. certain kids and, and mothers. And so I think it starts there. And I think secondly, um, just making sure you're, some studios you can watch, you know, like through, they have like the glass window, making sure the teachers are supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not their fault either. This is generations of yes. ballet teachers and they're doing it because that's how they were treated. And it just kind of comes down and that's totally very archaic and ballet is very old and traditional in that way. And so there are some really good studios with, with trainers and teachers that are, you know, of similar mindset as, and then I think having good support group at dance too mm-hmm. and friends if she has friends like letting her lean into those friends because all of them hopefully will have different body types also and, and so it's a place to be social too you know to be social and kind of have more friends that's what helped me like my my friend group yeah I dance we were kind of all in it together and we're, like, we're not gonna do this yeah. to ourselves and we're all gonna love each other and support each other and I, I got very lucky in that way but yeah, yeah. I agree with all of those. And I think also too, like if she does decide that this is something she wants to take very seriously, I think it's important to like show her that 
especially now there are professional dancers in all different genres. I think like I, for a long time, didn't know that there was anything outside of ballet. Cause it was like the main thing that I did for so many years yeah. and outside of ballet, there are a lot of different body types and there are a lot of different kinds of people doing things. There are dance companies that have disabled dancers in wheelchairs. There are dance companies that have people that have all different shapes and sizes. And so I think seeing that that is also available in yeah. a career and like that people can be successful no matter what is very valuable because then it's like, okay, I don't have to fit into this mold to do what I love. Yes. And it's like, she loves it now. I don't want it to turn into something like, did you have a time where it was like, you had to go to ballet and it was like something that you dreaded. And it's kind of like how I was with exercise. Like I looked at it as undoing food. Like I have to exercise because I had pizza and I looked at exercise almost like not negative, but like as a necessary part of my life. And I, it's something I had to do and not something I get to do. Like I want her to enjoy uh, dance and look at it as like you get to do it. And did you ever look at it as like almost like a chore or something and not enjoy it anymore? Mm-hmm. I did around high school, but it, that was more on a social and social context. Cause I felt that I was spending so much time after school dancing like six plus hours and everyone else in my high school was going to football games or, you know, and I was like, I'm not having a normal experience or, you know, whatever yeah. that means. Um, so I started when I started to be more social with my high school friends, that's when it kind of, for me was like, I don't want to go or Saturday mornings. Like I don't want to go when I have a sleepover on Friday and stay sleepover and and all of that stuff. But you know, it's funny. It's like still that I I never stopped, but I was just talking, teaching class this morning and I was like talking to one of our trainers. I was like, it's very hard to have a social life with this job too. It's still the same thing because I have to get up and teach and move and dance. It's just on a trampoline now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we had an event last night and you yeah. still want to go and be social and like have that element, but it's always a give and a take. But you enjoy it. Like you yeah. want to yeah. get on that trampoline. You want to do the choreography. Yeah. Like I want, I, for so long, I didn't enjoy exercise or I would like say I have to get in a run. I always thought I had to run. And just recently I just started walking and then I started walking yeah. without AirPods and just like being yeah. present. It's almost like, meditation and I yeah. look forward to it instead of like looking at it as I have to get a workout in it's I like my mind just kind of shifted and for so long exercise was like a a dread you want to eat that sub okay yeah now on the treadmill yeah. yes yeah. Punishment. when do you feel like that shift happened was that with age or was that with? yeah well I've just been on this like very recent spiritual journey I do you guys know Gabby Bernstein mm-hmm. um so I ended up speaking with her at this uh, wellness retreat and I'm like, better get my spiritual game up. Like I started reading all of her because I was like, what am I in total imposter syndrome? Like, why am I here? Like I share my story of how I overcame all the things, but I was like, I got to I started reading her books and just kind of being more open to it. And like, I mean, I can get into the whole thing. Like I, I just weird things started happening. Like I was a guest on a podcast. As soon as it wrapped, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a run in. And he was like, the host was like, oh, AirPods or no AirPods. And I was like, AirPods, like, it will be so boring. I have to have my music. And he's like, oh, I just recently started running without AirPods. And I was like, the universe, I was like, you're supposed to tell me that. And I did. And then my entire speech for what I wanted to do in Nashville came to me on that walk. And then little things like kept aligning, like I, a blue butterfly would come to my front 
like right when I step out my front porch for like two weeks, every day, blue butterfly in the same spot. And I would come out and be like, I don't, I was putting on an Instagram. I'm like, it's here again. They're like, no way. That's the same one. I'm like every day it's right here. And I was talking to my business coach about starting a nonprofit for teen girls that are struggling with uh, self-worth and body image because I didn't have anything like that coming up. And I was like, I want it to be inspiring women coming back to inspire women, like women that have been through the things to kind of be there for the next generation. And she's like, okay, what do we call it? And like, in that moment, I was like, Blue Butterfly Foundation. Like, it was so clear to me, guys, it left. Like, I never saw it again. No, you have to go look on my Instagram too. I'm feeling it. When you see it, like, waits for me, I would come out, it wouldn't go away. And I was like, what do I do with this? And I was like, universe, I see you. But like, what do I do? And then in that moment, I I found a blue butterfly like a month ago. It's like an established foundation. Never saw it again. So I'm like trying to be more, I guess it started with the Gabby Bernstein speech. But like, as I started like a little bit more of like self-reflection, it's like, I don't, I just keep seeing more things that it's like, how much did I miss when I was just running and listening to hip hop? Yeah. 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 So it's recent. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, I don't want to say it's crazy. It is. I just notice a lot more and I was just not paying attention before. Like now I'm, yeah. I always like look for things to happen now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I enjoy it. Like that's the part of my day that I love to do like walk and just be in nature. And it, I don't look at it as like, I have to get a run in anymore. And I lived <laughs> that way from 16 to 36. It was just over exercise, restricting my calories. I'm actually about to do a Ted talk on this. To the woman that is working out and not seeing results and only does cardio seven days a week, barely eats and is Mm -hmm. frustrated because they can't lose weight. Like I have a 15 minute talk on why that doesn't work. And I feel like that's what women were taught, especially our age, like coming up, it's calories in versus calories out. And that failed me for 20 years. I was starving. Like my body shut off. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple different variations of bulimia, but exercise bulimia was like the longest standing one, I would say. And like, it was, that was like my choice in college for sure. Cause I didn't really do a lot of like outside fitness when I was in high school or younger. Um, but when I was in college, like I lived on campus and you had access to a gym and it was open from 5am until 1am. And so I would go before classes for two hours. I would go during the day. If I had time, I would go at night for two hours. Like, and I would be racking up like four to six hours a day in the gym on top of going to school for dance performance. So you're dancing five or six or seven hours a day, depending on what's going on in the year. And so it was just constant. Everything I ate, I would eat something and then I would go online and I would look at like a weird Pinterest workout. That's like lose five pounds in 20 minutes. It's like, who is even believing this? Yes, I was. I was. (laughs) I am. Just watching the calories tally up. I had to see the calories. What was the shift for you? Um, it was honestly like when I started bouncing, when I found the trampoline, because I was so bad at it. When I first started, I couldn't get, I think it's like dancers either get it right away or they struggle with it because you're so used to like lifting up and pulling up and being on the trampoline is quite the opposite. You need to be super grounded and dig in through your heels so that you can really press 
And I just could not get that down motion for a really long time. And after the first class and like the first time I used it, I was like, I am determined to figure <laughs> this out because it was so fun. I've never sweat more ever in my entire life. Like in between my toes was sweating. Yeah. And I was like, I need to figure out how to do this. And suddenly I was just like, so infatuated with the trampoline and trying to figure out how to move on it. I was like, this, this is it. And then all of a sudden I'm like three months deep in using this piece of equipment. And I realized that like, I've never felt better. I wasn't like restricting myself in terms of food. I wasn't like looking in the mirror and picking myself apart every time I was looking at my, like I wasn't worried about my abs. I was like, yeah, trying to figure out choreography on the trampoline. And I was trying to see like, Oh no, you can move this way. And then that way. And it just became so much more about the movement and not about me. Allie and I met dancing professionally mm-hmm. in a company and we also were working on different fitness studio that used it. Yeah. In they had a lot of other methods, but it was part of it. And we just loved it, like Ali said. And so it was really nice cross-training for our dancing. Um, so we would yeah. use it for our shows. And we felt like it wasn't draining us. We felt like we weren't getting hit by a bus the next day. Like with some hip workouts, you know, nothing against hip, but just like some no. of those strength workouts, we would go to dance. And that was not the right cross-training for us because we felt just stiff and sore and tired. And so yeah. I gave that length and that cardio push for the heart, which is nice. Because sometimes in dance... It's um, more anaerobic, like stop and go because you, you've seen, but you learn the combo, you stand there, you watch the teacher, you go in groups, you know? And so yes. you're moving at a 30 second to a minute intervals at a time, unless you're in a really long 20 minute piece, you know, at the professional level, but yeah. you don't get that um, aerobic push. And so unless you're on the elliptical or running, like there isn't a release that just comes with getting your heart rate up there and breaking yeah sweat which is so necessary and so it was in a really nice low impact way to do yes. that for so long i thought you had to do hit because that was like the most yeah. bang for your buck yeah. um but yeah i mean i'm 40 now like i don't need to be doing hit like so it's high intensity low impact you're not losing the intensity yeah. it's like people hear yeah. low impact and it's like my my mom is taking this low impact class like yeah. i have to take yeah. hit but yeah. i feel like you said i was listening to an interview you guys did it's like 10 minutes on the trampoline is like running for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's all you have to say to me. Like that's bang for your buck. It really that's is. Minutes back in your day. Yeah. You right. know? Okay. So why trampoline over like a hit class? Yeah. Well, low impact. I mean, it's amazing because it's not lacking intensity. So you were saying something similar swimming, but not everyone has access to a pool and you can't take a pool with you, but you that can't? would probably be the most similar. <laughs> I got a pool in COVID. <laughs> I built yeah. a pool in my Yeah. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons why, I mean, the trampoline itself is just a really efficient piece of equipment because you, it has many benefits. But from the low impact nature, the reason you want to do it is because you can keep doing it every day. It's something that you can do all the time because it's low impact. And so longevity is really, if you Mm -hmm. want to stay moving into your later life, like low impact is the way to go because it's movement that you can easily get in and that you can do every single day and not feel like you want to die. Um, And then it's great for lymphatic drainage because of the way the G-force works when you're coming up and coming down, you're pushing down the trampoline. So helps release all the toxins, which I think lymphatic drainage can be like an a controversial word because there's also lymphatic drainage massages that people get to make themselves look 
thinner and move water around their body, but really it's your excretory system. You know, it's if you want to move the toxins into your limbs and then sweat them out. Right. They help you in the inside. Um, and then it's great for coordination and balance, stability. It's hard because it's kind of like running in sand. Like you have to pull your body weight, up yeah. which is like where that calorie burn is going to, is going to come from for sure. And isn't there like a, a hormonal effect with low intensity versus high intensity? Or did I make that up? Like something I have like read some studies about that. Not enough to comment on that, yeah. but yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's for another episode. Patient. I'm perimenopausal, so I'm all about all of the yes. uh, hormonal yeah. things that I can do. Because all I do, I have two speeds right now, and it is screaming, like raging out on my family or sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know, like there's no uh, middle. Amazing. I'm just, yeah. And so I'm like, I thought I read too about like, you shouldn't be doing those kind of high intensity as you're approaching menopause. Like, it's not going to be as beneficial for you anymore. And then I wondered, is that because of the hormonal effect? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. Talk about the Nest platform. Like where did the name come from and what does the name mean? The Nest is a suffix and it denotes a quality or state of being. And um, it's important to us because every day when you approach your exercise or your movement, we really like to call it movement more than fitness or workout. Because again, like I feel like negative associations have been tacked on to these, but then yes. people need to put you in a bucket to understand like what you are. So we still use those words, but your movement practice, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be, you're going to feel different. It's going to evolve. And I think people feel really guilty or they get down on themselves when their workouts had a hundred percent every day, or it's not the, what it was the day before, or they're not hitting the same goals, um, or they just feel like walking, you know? And so the nest really means approaching your movement with whatever quality or state of being that you are that day. So it can be mindfulness. It can be fitness. It can be, um, hotness, boldness, coolness, you know, just any of those yeah. kind of nest words, like that quality, it's an intangible state of being. And it's also just what movement gives back to you in a way also. Um, it's, it's something intangible and it gives and it improves your state of being. So we wanted it to be something that amplifies you instead of naming it something that would make you want to change yourself, you know, like something like that, like a, a word, but I love now that. a negative association because of society, but yeah, that's beautiful. And you have built this whole community. You started as invite only. Mm-hmm. Community. We are of the belief that we are exclusively inclusive. And so we know that trampoline is not for everyone because 
not everybody wants to dance or do choreography for their workout. And not everybody is going to like the trampoline and that's okay. But we do want people to know that like whoever wants to come to the table and join us is more than welcome. And so with that being said, we really believe that fitness is a vulnerable thing and moving your body, especially in a public space is very vulnerable and shared space with people. So we wanted to stay on top of and be really thoughtful about people who are coming in and just protect the energy of the space to make sure that everybody felt safe and good and positive and happy in this space. And that there wasn't any negativity or any of these like icky connotations that come with fitness coming into the space. And so by starting invite only, we had a small, we have a small space to begin with. And when we first opened, we only had about 10 to 12 spots. So making sure that those 12 spots were filled with people that really enjoyed their movement for movement and also wanted to be a part of a community that's tied together by this trampoline was so important to us. You want to make sure the vibe is right. And that yeah, is so exactly. like, I, I'm thinking about that class. It was all these mom, like we all were so similar. We all have young kids, but we were like former athletes and we would push each other. And it was like when certain people were in that class, the vibe, like we would, run faster the music we all went like the same music the vibe is such a thing and as a like new brand like me i'm still building my brand you would think the opposite you'd be like invite everybody invite your aunts invite your cousins let's get just bodies in there but you did it like thoughtfully and it's been successful yeah absolutely i would say like the biggest comparison to I'm like you wouldn't just put a flyer on the street that's like dinner party at my house at eight everyone <laughs> like you're gonna be like okay which couples are coming who's coming yeah fit together you know and like which vibe is is gonna be right and I think that that's was our approach too it's like this studio is our house this is our dinner party like come mm-hmm. come but it's it's gotta be the right vibe and everyone's gotta be on the same page yeah it's also that. such an open space like there's nowhere to hide mm-hmm. in there there's, there's not a lot of room and like, it's just, it's a big open room. So everyone's in there and they're really together. So you got to make sure that it's right. And it's not just trampoline. Like you guys do off the trampoline, like muscle sculpting. You have like the app feature where if you're on vacation and you don't have your trampoline, you can still do workouts. Anybody that's like, Meh, like trampoline, not me. Cause I would love choreography on a trampoline, but somebody that's thinking that it's like, it's not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you build a whole community. There's all parts to it. What would be your advice for someone who is a newer brand that may be frustrated that they're not really, I don't know, like a, comparing, I guess, to other accounts and like seeing the growth and just feeling like you make content that nobody sees if someone mm-hmm. was feeling that way? <laughs> What would you tell her? Yeah. Oh, here's the like comparison is the thief of joy again (laughs) on social media. I I feel that still. I go Mm -hmm. on and I'm like, oh, look at this brand. You know, like look at this fitness thing or look at this. I don't know beauty brand. Like how they have so much taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to keep your eyes on your own paper. Is my um, advice. Okay. And because if you didn't, if your eyes were on your own paper and you didn't see any of that, like how happy would you be to have one person? How happy would you be to have two people? You know? Yeah, and so, true. So focusing on like that, building that slow momentum and just thinking about, okay, this is the quality of what I have. And I didn't have this yesterday, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's sometimes it's like, why don't we have 500 more subscribers today? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have <laughs> like, you know, like it's, yes. you have more than you did three months ago and so yeah those little wins shifting your perspective of like what yeah yeah 
my next thing would be like within the comparison also is you get um, more fearful, I think of like honing in on your creativity mm-hmm. and your voice. Um, so just yeah. to block all of that yeah. out and I have it like fear and the, it's like on the post-it right here. I just keep it that, but it's like fear, the indifference over the rejection. Right. Like, again, social media plays into like you just consume so much. So then you're seeing things and you're not feeling creative, which is like those walks are good, you know? Cause you're like, is that, did I really come up with this idea or did I see yes. it somewhere? And now it's just in my zeitgeist. Like, <laughs> yes. And how it's much awkward. were you missing when you weren't walking? Like I'll come, yeah. I won't take my phone. Cause I'm like, even if I'm not listening to something, I'm going to look at something, but I'll yeah. come back and be like, where is it? Because my notes, I have so much. It's just yeah. like, Yes. And being, you said, in, uh, what was it? Oh, um, difference over rejection. Yeah. So you'd rather someone hate it, what you're doing, than be like, yeah. nobody's even looking at you. Like, that's yeah. a good, yeah. If people are, like, yeah, people right. come at me for, I shouldn't be talking about eating disorder recovery. I get that a lot because I'm not a professional. Yeah. I shouldn't be, I don't give workouts. I don't want to say that, but like, I'll show, <laughs> it's like, you're not a trainer. Um, if I talk about what I eat, I'm not a nutritionist. So it's like, I have all this imposter syndrome noise. And they're right. I'm not yeah. all these things, but, I built a community that is helping women that have been through the thing, like dealt with the things that I have. And, you know, I'm trying to show how I live now in case that helps someone who's still in the mess, but people still, but I guess I should be glad that they are co- acknowledging me to come and hate yeah. me and be like, you yeah, should be talking right. about this instead of not seeing my page at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're going out of their way to come and look at your stuff, <laughs> even if it's for like a nasty reason. It's yeah. still, that's true. Yeah, right. And I think you stand for something. Yeah, exactly. You can't be afraid to be passionate about what you're doing, no matter what it is. And I think so many people hear one weird comment or a not nice thing and they shy away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that because it feels better to just be quiet sometimes because then you don't have to deal with people. But it's so much better in the long run to just like keep pressing forward and continue being passionate about whatever you're presenting to the world because when it resonates with even just one person, it feels more amazing than the bad stuff feels bad. I was just looking at a girl that I had on, she was talking about the 80, 20 rule. And it's like 20% of people will not like you, no matter what you put out, they're going to have a negative comment. And it's like, you're not going to change their mind. So it's like, focus on your 80 and stop. But it's so hard to like, not Mm -hmm. compare or like, see, even me, like, on a smaller level, like reels, like I'll make a reel and be like, oh, yeah. going to kill. And then it goes out and I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm fresh. like yeah. and then you see somebody else do like the same audio. That's not even like on, on the lip sync. I will even say it's a little bit yeah. off. And it <laughs> it's viral. And I'm like, you know, yeah. like I was like, I'm like, I quit Instagram like this, yeah. stuff, like, but I yeah. guess I shouldn't be look, just stay on my page. Like you said, look at my own, just look at my yeah. reel. Why am I comparing it? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's okay. also like, I think trying to play the algorithm game is a, is oh. a fruitless effort because yeah. I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who, but she has a friend who is like a pretty viral TikTok person. And she asked them like, what's the secret? Like, how did you do this? And they were just like, it's just an egregious amount of content posting like six, seven times a day. And he was like, some days all of it's bad. Nobody looks at it. There's like 10 views and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And then every, you know, every fifth day, there's like, there's one video that gets all the views. So it's like, it's just volume and, Mm -hmm. and not stressing as much, I think. 
Yeah. And I, I swear though, there are people that have figured it out. Like they know they have figured out the algorithm because they can do something so simple or I'll notice like, it'll be like somebody's going live. Like it'll be at a weird time. I'll get four notifications that somebody's going live. And I'm like, they know something about why are they all going live at this weird time in the middle of the day? And I'm like, is that the algorithm? Have they figured out yeah. the whole live <laughs> at 317 that you are going to get? That's like, they, I swear somebody has figured it out, but I had one go by. I've never had one that had a million until like I, I did a reel. It was a lip sync reel. Most of my things are lip sync reels, but it was like a week old. And I had put one out that day and like my phone was like, and I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, I thinking it was that one. But I was like, Oh my gosh, it was one from a week before. And I was like, it's going to hit a million. And it hit a million that day. And now it's like almost 9 million and it's one, but it's no different than anything I've ever done. Like it's a solid lip sync, solid. I've had others. For some reason that one went and it's like, you don't know. So I guess like you said, Ali, just keep putting it out there because even if it's, I do the same thing all the time. Why did that one like catch? There's yeah. no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. yeah. There's no answer. Cause ultimately people are just like, think about you as a consumer, right? Like when I'm consuming social media content, I'm like in bed with my hood up, like a troll with the phone. Like, this. <laughs> like sometimes something is really funny. And then I go down a spiral and I'm on this person's page for hours. And then sometimes I don't care about anything. And I swipe for five seconds and I'm like, I'm over all of this. Right. And I think every, every person who is consuming social media content, like it's just so subjective, no matter what. Totally. And I never look at it as like a consumer. Like I'm always thinking of it as the creator. Like I got to look at it that way like what i would think is funny and what times a day should i post like i'm not even going to see it in the middle of the day because i'm working or i'm giving my kids a bath like be more thinking about it as a consumer of when i would (laughs) want to see it um is there anything is like while you were building your brand building your app anything that like you wish someone would have told you or that you going back would have done differently that could help a another entrepreneur for sure. <laughs> I mean, perspective is everything. I always say yeah. that. You look back and you're like, oh, I should not have paid that person to do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're a new brand, you learn that you have to, but you have to, it's like, you know, when your friends like dating someone terrible and you, you're like, I'm going to tell you one time, yeah. but you're going to have, you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. You're going to keep doing it. Bad. And then we'll talk about it in a year and a half later when you're broken up, you know, like yeah. you got to figure it out for yourself. I feel like that's what it is. Like everyone was like, don't spend money on outside, whatever. And then when you're new, I'm like, oh, I need help. I just need help. Like, what if we hire this person can do the social or this person, you know, or we can have an intern. And I think that is, um, you can, you can learn to do everything yourself, which is kind of the opposite. I feel like now everyone's like outsource and like your time is precious. But I think when you're first starting, like you definitely want to be able to understand and know every facet of your business. Um, and you don't need to spend money on extraneous situations. Just like, what's your number one goal? If it's like, get people in studio is goal focus on goal, simple goal. It doesn't need to be like, get people in studio. And then like, what if we do a pop-up here and here and here? And it's like, why do you need a pop-up if no one is in studio? Get people in studio, like, you know, like just kind of like simplifying, honestly, and, and sticking to those goals. Okay. I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like, I'm making reels. I'm updating my website. It's like, yes, I need to stay in the ultimate. You said it too. Like, it's like the best, what's the best use of your time? Like you guys should be in front of the, your clients, teaching classes, doing the choreography, not like bookkeeping or not maybe even working on content. And it's like, it's very hard for me to delegate something Mm -hmm. that I built 
and not be like, yeah. uh, excuse me, like micromanage, yeah. what are you doing over there? Yeah. But yeah. so I'm doing it all right now, like you said, but I am drowning mm-hmm. admittedly. Like I just, yeah. I need to get somebody to help me with things, but and I, I just, it's hard for me to delegate anything. I want to have my eyes on everything, but it's like, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to train people. I think, I mean, that's why everyone is like, it costs more money to train than to yeah, get like, or like, you're like, oh, because you're just like, fine. I could do it by now. Yeah. Like I could just do it faster. Yeah. So yeah. just do it. Exactly. But then I'm not like growing and it's like, I can't keep up with yeah. things, like responding to things. But yeah, I want to know every facet of it. And I do because I do everything. But yeah. at some point I'm going to have to, I don't know, delegate. Do you have like a whole team or is it you two? You do. We do. We have about five trainers under us right now. And then um, two people that work on like administrative work with us. And I think that's the harder part, like the back end. It's also the trust, right? Of like, yeah. you yes. see some of our numbers, you need to see some of our things that are private in order yeah. to do your job well. So it's, it's that, you know, showing people that. And obviously from an HR perspective, like everything's buttoned up in a contract, you know, like you obviously can't share, you work for us, but you know, like people... It's just scary. It's just scary. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. scary to put your information, yeah. not even public, but just like give it to another person. Yeah. So there's that. And then mm-hmm. um, we we do a lot of actually like looming, do use loom video um, recording. And I found that to be like a big time saver. Mm-hmm. And it's great. You can just record your screen and oh, share to show somebody and, else like, how you do it. Your project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go in here and this is the spreadsheet and this and this and this. And you just make that instead of setting a 15 minute meeting and taking everyone's time. And, and it's way yes. better, I think, than like emailing out all the stats. Cause yeah, you're watching a, it. I get like overwhelmed when I get those emails. I'm like, I gotta read this like, eight paragraph email. <laughs> and then my brain is not. I love that too. Cause yeah. you're doing it anyway. So just record while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Words. Okay. Yeah. So that's been actually like huge. And then you have it. If you need yeah. to like train another person on the same thing, yeah. it's already there. And yeah. They yeah. can go back and watch yeah. it like, to ask you again. Yeah. That is a fabulous tip. Um, what is next for you guys? We are. Yeah. We have some, uh, speaking of pop-ups. We're going to LA. We're okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll be uh, in LA. We're doing a, um, Five day takeover at Palm Heights in Grand Cayman, which is a wellness hotel. It's a regular hotel, also, but it's just wonderful. So, we're excited about that to kind of dip our toes into um, a mini retreat and spend some time with our clients. What um, is that? It's in January. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually do our January challenge at the top of January on our digital program, which is really fun and it's a nice way to refresh the year without getting all the new year, new year ish going on, you know, all of the stuff we just unpacked kind of like amplifies in January, I feel for fitness. And so it's a really nice way to just, um, get some movement in without feeling. Yeah. And just like get resituated after the holidays. I think that's the harder thing is just like gaining control of your life (laughs) after, after, after the holidays. So yeah, Yeah. that's a structured plan to kind of reset. Yeah, and go yeah. into the new year. Um, yeah. And where can anybody find you or sign up for your platform? We are at the Ness NYC on Instagram. And that is also our website. And you can find a link to our website there where you'll find online classes, our on-demand sessions. You can book a live stream. You can book in studio. You can book private training. Um, so we have all of those offerings happening on the web. And people that are listening to this get 25% off one month of your digital platform with code squats. 
So that is a secret code. S Q U A T S um, at the nestnyc.com. Mm-hmm. And that's 25% off one month of your digital Nest platform. You guys, thank you so much. We covered a lot of things brand building, body image, yes, everything, everything I wanted it to be. Best of luck on everything that you guys have coming up. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.